So Elizabeth, I'd really like to thank you for supporting the exhibition that Effingham Residents Association is putting on to commemorate your father, Sir Barnes Wallace's life, 40 years after his death, and for agreeing to talk to me today on film about him and about your life in Effingham. And I know that you don't often talk to people um, on camera, but it really will be of great interest to people in Effingham um, to hear all about your, your mother and father and your life there with them. Thank you. So if I could ask a few questions, and if anything you don't want to answer, just tell me you don't want to answer it. I'll just stick my tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> that? Yeah, that'll be fine. Um, so I understand your, your parents moved to Effingham in 1930 with their two children, and you were their first child born there after they moved to Effingham. And I think, if I got it right, you were born on the 9th of April 1933 at the Carlingsford Nursing Home in Bookham. And I wondered if you'd mind talking about your earliest memories. <laughs> I have a memory of lying in a pram which was pushed over to the far hedge of the garden looking up at some leaves. And the pram was navy blue, very old-fashioned. That's the earliest. And the next earliest is going to see Christopher who had just been born in Rose Hill Nursing Home in Dorking. Ah, so that was some years later, wasn't it? Two. Two years later. May the 1st, 1935. And I know which room it was because when we were looking for a nursing home for Mother later on, I could see out of the window the driveway and the cypress trees, which I remembered from a little girl. Good grief. And I thought, that's a funny little white bundle in this mother care nursing cot, not nursing cot, cot. You know, they were canvas, done up with wooden. My father would have approved of that. Wood is good. So, what were your first memories actually of Effingham itself? Because there was a garden, obviously, when you were in I think garden. the garden, which was huge, seemed huge in those days. And playing out there? How early do you want to go? Well, just what you remember. I mean, you told me a story about the... Do you remember the story you told me about the traffic lights? No. Nope. Well, you told me that... Um, oh, they had rubber. Yeah. And we used to stamp on them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that the cars... We would go down the avenue to the crossroads and the cars going from Leatherhead to Guildford would want to get across and we would stamp for all our worth on <laughs> the rubber, yes. So your parents were really quite open to letting you play outside and with other children? Yes, some other children. Some other children, was it? Well, it was Jessica and Jeremy <laughs> Harold and the Dibdins who lived down the road. And, and do you remember I found this photograph? Um, this is at the beginning of the war. Oh, yes. And you were able to identify some of the children in it. Jessica? Jeremy, Suzanne, Adele, Elizabeth, don't know who, don't know who, Christopher. With a Canadian soldier? Yes. Yeah. They were billeted, they, they camped in the trees all the way up Beach Avenue and they had sweets. So were they, were they in lorries or in tents? No, in or tents. Under the trees? Yes. Just all the way up the avenue. Yeah. Have you been to the avenue? Yes, yeah. Well, it's not how it was then, which was quite a lot of space under each big mm. tree. 
And so they were just camped all the way down. Mm. Uh, and you were able to play with them. And this is on well, the golf course? Or? I think he was meant to be on duty, and this I dare say we were just teasing him. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but somebody obviously took the photograph. Oh, my mother. One of your parents. Oh, your mother. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't be my father. He never took photos. So it was always, always your mother. So always. the photos that you've shown me. Yes. Or, or that Helen has shown me will have come from your mother. Yes. Your mother's photographs. Yes. So, so at the outbreak of the Second World War, you must have been about six years old? Yes. And, uh, do you remember the outbreak? I remember the year before when they put their huge big trunks on the landing and we were going to be evacuated to Canada. Really? And I remember the feeling of horror that we were going somewhere and my parents weren't coming. So they were going to send the children and... and hmm. I don't know who with or who to. Who? Because we didn't have any relatives over there then. Um, but in the event, your, your... Well, that was all cancelled, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, peace uh, in our time and so forth. Yeah. And we just stayed. And the two older ones went off to boarding school, didn't yes. they? Yes. Yes, Mary went in 39. I don't remember when Barnes went. And, and so during the, the early part of the war, were you very conscious of your father doing a lot of work? Well, when it came to the dam busters time, we all had to behave extremely well, and we knew that he was onto something big. And he was always up in the study, if he wasn't at work. Do I remember him doing a lot of work? Yes, he, we never saw him really. And we had to be quiet and good. So how did it come about that, um, that you did this experiment of him with the marbles? I don't remember why he brought the catapult home. But I had always played with marbles or balls, tennis balls and other. And I shot these marbles around the terrace and I had the zinc bath full of water. And when he came home, he just took over. <laughs> so I suppose he thought, that's an idea. And the, and the doctor really came. And who was the doctor? Dr Waterfield, who lived in Bookham. When you went for an injection or something, he would hold the needle towards the electric bar fire yeah. and then call that sterile. Ooh. Well, it wasn't hot. It wasn't <laughs> sterile, obviously. So, so what was he doing there? Well, he was shooting marbles, hoping they'd bounce. No, no, but what was the doctor what doing was the, I had a sore throat. I really did. Oh, so he just happened to be there at the time? Yes, he just, he just came. And you were telling me as well about the, the brick wall behind. Oh, that was the blast wall to stop... The kitchen windows are there. Yeah. And it was to stop the glass breaking if some bomb fell or... And, and you all slept in there at night? Christopher and I did. Yeah. Not for a long time. I don't think it was very long. And he had... Um, actually, they, I think they were deal posts put up in the kitchen with chocks. Um, anyway. Hmm. That, that you banged him from either side and we would swing round on them and then of course they get loose and fall down. <coughs> just Not... as children do, don't they? Yes. That's just the way they are. Aren't they lovely? So, so these are the marbles that were actually used yes. when, you, when you did the experiment at yes. the house? absolutely. They're beautiful. I have my favourites. I used to play with them all the time on the dining room table. And some of them do look actually quite bashed when you look at them. Well, they hit the terrace. Yeah, yeah. And were there more? Is this all of them, or do you think you had more? I've no idea. 
Well, you told me once that you used to show them to um, people, <laughs> and you think they may want may may well oh, have been more originally. I took them to the air cadets in Dorking when I went to talk to them, and they did drop them. One or two boys dropped them. I know some obviously weren't very good quality because that's a really battered one. Yeah. I think he didn't use the big ones. I don't know. Certainly, the big ones don't look very bashed, do they? No. No, there was, uh, you know, I was reading your mother's letters. Yes. I've been reading them at, um, at the History Centre. Oh, you are lucky. And, well, you can read them, they're there. Oh, you know? um, There's a lovely one where she talks about, uh, she went off up to High, High Barn with you and Christopher, yes. I think, and maybe the other children, so it might have been in the holidays. And she went up late evening and you all watched London as it was being blitzed. Oh, my goodness. Do you I remember, don't remember that, that at all? No. I remember lying on the lawn and hearing these beautiful angels singing. The sirens. I just thought they were angels singing. But there were quite a lot of bombs that were dropped round about, weren't there? Yes, there was. We went blackberrying one afternoon with two aunts, two of mother's sisters, and we found this thing and we were tossing it across the hedge in 40 acre field up High Barn, and it turned out to be a bomb. Unexploded. <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> oh, there was fury from one aunt who lived in London, so she knew about these things, Nancy. And she got the police and they came and stuck it in a bucket of water. Oh, I think that and we, we stood and watched. <laughs> <laughs> and I think your father actually joined them, um, I don't know what they called, Dad's Army. No, it wasn't Dad's Army, it was the Home Guard. <laughs> yeah, the Home Guard. Very respectable and he had a, he had a uniform just like Dad's Army. <laughs> and a bag that he carried his tools in and he'd go off on a bicycle. I can't think whose bicycle. Anyway, um, down to do the church clock or to go to his sentry post. Yes. So army. apart from doing all his everyday work and the, the secret work he was doing, he, he was did. also in the home guard. Oh yes. I don't know where they met. There was one entry I did notice in the diary where he and um, a few other chaps were suddenly called out and they had to go down and stop all the cars on the Guildford Road for did some they? reason. Did they? You yeah, see, I don't you know, know that. quite exciting at night. I think yeah. I ought to read those letters. Yes, I think you should. And your mother, I think, was in the Red Cross? Yes, and she went and worked at her nursing first aid post, it was called, and she wore one of those hats, handkerchief things with a red cross on the front and a tail out the back, mm. you know. And one day at school it was rainy and we were having races in the gym and I ran and put my hand through a glass window, frosted glass window and cut it. I don't think the scar's still there. And so they tied me up with a handkerchief and took me to the first aid post and Mother <laughs> had to do it up for me. And she was very cross with me. That wasn't fair, was it? No, I mean, you, you gave her a job to do, didn't you? <laughs> <coughs> and then in, in 1940, so we're talking before, before Dam Busters, there was an awful tragedy in the family. Mm. Are you able to talk about that, or would yes. you rather not? No, I don't mind. Um, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the first or one of the first bombs in Epsom fell on my aunt and uncle's house in Lynx Road and it cut the house in half just like a doll's house so you could see the bedrooms at the back and the kitchen and Granny was in the back 
spare room and John and Robert, my cousins, were in the kitchen under the table. And Grandpa, Aunt and Uncle and the neighbour were playing bridge in the front room, so they were all killed. Christopher and I were sleeping under our kitchen table in Effing. And there was a bustle and my parents came through and I said, where are you going? I woke up. Um, they said, we're going to get John and Robert. And I said, can I come? Can I come? No, go to sleep. Nan was still alive then, and she was upstairs, so we went on our own. I don't remember the boys coming back at night, I was asleep. But I do remember them in the morning, sitting one each side of Mother in the spare bedroom. And she had her arms around them, looking extremely woebegone. And Mother had promised that we could go down the garden, and we used to have lunch down at the shed, and we cooked filthy bits of dampers, I think they were called, bacon on a fire and I wanted them to come because she promised that we could. And there she was sitting with them in bed. What was she doing in bed with them? Well you wouldn't understand would yeah. you as a child? No. I don't think I was told that their parents were killed. I don't know. Yeah and I mean she was very close to her older sister wasn't she? Yes she was and I think I think that Auntie Bobba was pregnant. Oh. Uh, and she wanted a girl after two boys. I don't suppose she knew what it was no. in those days. <clears throat> yes. And so the, the war really did come very close to the family. And so when your father was working later on on, on both the dam busting bombs and then the earthquake bombs, I mean, he was very aware of what it had cost people. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh. And so later on in the war, what, what were your memories sort of after the dam busters happened? Did you know the raid had happened? Yes. No, I don't think we had some wireless. And, and you knew it was what your father was involved with? Well, Mother and, and Nan were dancing about in the kitchen and I was standing <laughs> behind a green baize curtain which led the door to the garage and the radio receiver or whatever was, was on the door, so I got behind the curtain on a chair and listened to it. S so I knew it was something. I mean, so you I, weren't supposed to be listening? <laughs> I don't know if I wasn't <laughs> supposed to, you know, I just wanted to get close. I mean, it wasn't like Mary, who apparently knew all about it. Yes, Mary guessed, I think. Mm. Um, because I think she sent your father a telegram. Well, I think she wrote, actually. It's a yeah. letter, not a telegram. Yeah. Yes, and it was her housemistress, not her headmistress, who told her what had happened. So <coughs> you think in, in, in some ways you were kind of shielded from what was going on? Yes, I think so. Yeah. I mean, your mother, your mother said in one letter she wouldn't let the news be on until nine o'clock at night because it was constant, you know, the news was constant about raids mm. and bombs. Well, maybe that's right. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't know if she hadn't. Yeah. Except that it wasn't on, would I? Mm. And do you remember the end of the war at all? Yes, I was at school. So you were at the Dolphins by yes. then? Yes. Um, and I wrote home to say, mm. the whole school walked down to the cathedral in our cloaks and our hats. Meaning that we started with the little girls and, and, and Mother thought, what were our hats? Were they our hats? <laughs> Um, and the cathedral was absolutely packed for some service of Thanksgiving. 
do remember that. One was when it was snowy. We went up the top of Beach Avenue and it goes down towards St. Teresa's Convent. Oh yes, quite a steep slope, yes. isn't it? And we went and tobogganed and slid yeah. down that. And then the baker's van came trying to get up the hill and we'd had to put the <laughs> toboggan in the hedge. <laughs> and we helped push him up and he was so grateful he gave us sixpence between us. <laughs> and of course it was you that made it yes. slide you for and he couldn't get up. Absolutely. <laughs> and the other thing was that I used to play with my tennis balls and so forth with daddy's walking stick upside down like a hockey stick up and down the avenue because there were no cars yeah and the milkman used to come on a, on a horse and cart as well didn't he oh yes when i heard him going up the avenue i straightened out my nightie and my sheets and i lay down and when he came down again i was 10. it was ridiculous because i wasn't born till the evening but that's, that's the day before your birthday <laughs> And then, then after um, after the war, we had the Dam Busters film happen, uh, and um, gosh, yes. yeah, I was in Cambridge and I got a tummy upset, and I thought I wasn't going to be able to go. Oh. But didn't you tell me you were actually in the film? Yes. Hmm. So there was this picture. Yes. Was still from the film. Oh look. So how did so that happen? Well, I should think it wouldn't possibly happen now. They were shooting the scenes at the National Physical Laboratory yeah. in Teddington, mm. and the staff were on strike or something. Or it was the week. It was Easter weekend, weekend. Yeah. and and they weren't there. So the Vickers crew. I mean, there was there were two at least people from Vickers and my brother Barnes, who was in it briefly. So he was in it as well. Mm. Yes, but so briefly. Mm. Lovely curly hair. Mm. So, is that him? Is that him there being so held up? You were extras, weren't you? That come, isn't that like Jacob? Which reminds me, you didn't send me that photo of that Jacob. That is your father, isn't it? That yes. is your father, isn't it? Yes, and yes. Sorry. Mm. This is um, this is in your mother's My letters. My grandson. And she wrote a she wrote a um, a letter back to um, to Mary on the back of this photograph and it doesn't say what the photograph is and she must have written it in I think the 1940s and this photograph is obviously 1930 or early. 26 I'd say or 27. Okay. Yeah oh, I reckon 28 somewhere around 28, there. Probably. Yeah yes. but I was working it and I thought that has to be Barnes Senior and Barnes Junior yes. and it's the only photograph I've ever big, seen big of Big Barnes and Little Oh there's Barnes. another one where Daddy's standing in the sea at Studland with his arms up, or is it Barnes has his arms up, and Barnes is standing on his shoulders. Ah, oh, I've seen that, so that's Barnes. That. Yep. Those are the Barneses. So that, that's the two Barneses. There's another little Barnes now. Yeah. Who's just going to go to school next oh, week. wonderful. <laughs> Sorry, and so I had to say, I was taking photos of yeah. the bomb crawling down the dam wall, mm. and I had to say, it's OK, I got that all right. I was sure I was going to be discovered. Yeah. So, so what was. were you in the film, then? What, what yeah, I was a camera operator. Okay. I was like, Mark. Like, you were Mark, weren't you? Have you seen this photo? Uh, where, are you actually in the film? So if I watch yes. it, can I see you? Yes. Oh, I shall, I shall, I shall like have that. a look. Yeah, I'm going to have a the look for it. The awakening. So you actually did get, to, well, you did get to go to the opening, because... Here's the pictures no, of it. I went to the second one. You went to the second one? So yes. this is the second one. I opening. went to Princess Margaret, not the Queen. Ah, they had so two first two. night premieres. Mm. Yes. Well, these are the photographs of it. You see, it's all Princess Margaret? Yeah. Well, that isn't, that's, that's just something else. 
We went to London and there was a great big drawer with number 10 on it. Oh, I had a nice coat then. <laughs> yes, and that's Richard Todd. Uh, and I think that is, that's quite an interesting photograph. Yes, isn't it? But he's so much shyer and nicer than that grim old bird. Well, in the film, you, you just don't think he quite caught him. He tried hard, didn't he? He did try hard. He was very nice. That's mm. at Effingham. That oh, was taken at Effingham? Mm. So where? Do you remember in the where? garden. Oh, just... So on that's... The, on the croquet lawn, east, or is it... I can't see. It looks like there's a, a building in yes, the background. Yes, sir, I think maybe we Let's ask Hill. She's clever. Where do you reckon? She was looking sideways at the Ronalds. So you you always used to go camping, didn't you, down in Dorset, yes. the whole family, and this started in the thirties. I suspect so. it started in the late twenties, last of the twenties. And it and it went on up until the war. And yes. I think you went for the whole month of August? Six weeks we went. Six weeks? Yes. Yeah. And and apparently there were bell tents and they were kept in a, a farmer's barn. You see, I do know a lot. Um <laughs> yes, but they were also stored with somebody down Swanage. Mm. Yeah. Whose was it? I can't remember. And there were, and somebody bought a milk float, I understand. That your mother used to drive at one stage. No, rubbish. <laughs> it was an old giant two stroke horizontal Milk van. Yeah, a milk van. Ah, right, okay. And you opened, right, the, you opened the bonnet, and there were the pistons going like this. And when you started it, you opened the bonnet, you went round the front, and you wound it like hell, and then you dashed back, caught the accelerator wire. So, so this is one of the, the pictures of, uh, of camp. Oh, yes. What's well, Christopher that, doing? That's Christopher, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Van looks a bit disapproving. So what, what sort of I'm sitting and watching. Are we talking about? When are we when are we talking about well I wasn't married obviously. So when oh. was uh, when was I married? When was I married, Hills? You married at uh twenty eight. Twenty eight. No, twenty six. Twenty six you got married. Fifty nine, I think. Fifty nine it was. So you'd probably been twenty three, do you think? And Christopher would have been twenty one? Or so, oh, what happened he had his accident, didn't he? Yes, that was when he was at university. Do you think that was after university? I don't know, but that's Ban and Boo's tent. They had a so early fifties. So early fifties, anyway. Yes. Yes. And do you do you remember um, finding the bouncing ball? Yes, I do. Yes, that was with my boyfriend, Michael Law. So there were other people in me. Well, that's Michael Law, the oh. boyfriend. Yeah. That's me, and that's I thought that was you. Yeah. Yes. And that's Daddy. And we found that at Chesapeake. And they have found more since, haven't they? I don't know. Well, was he they? quite staggered to find it? Seems quite odd, doesn't it, to find well, you, it? He never actually staggered. I've no idea. Have you seen this? No. Um, at the fleet, it was called the place. Is that Chesil Beach or is it just a bit of water somewhere? It doesn't look like Chesil Beach to me. I think it's called the fleet, actually. So, so. 1959, you got married. I did. In the garden, and in, in, had the, the reception in the garden at White Hill House. Yes. Absolutely lovely photograph. Isn't it? How did you get the photos? Of Booty. What? So she was 55. Who was Booty? Mm. She was. She was 1904, she was born, wasn't she? Yes, 55. Yeah. Same age as who? Flissy? Yeah. 
So, so, so after after you got married, how often, how often would you all come home yeah. to Whitehill House? Because there's lots of pictures. There seems to be pictures of gatherings. Um, there's one with your sister there. No, my sister-in-law Jen. That's your sister-in-law Jen. Yeah. Yes, and that ancient old crown. I don't know if that's Andrew or you. So were were they very um, devoted grandparents? Well, she was. She was amazing. We lived in Smallfield. We lived with our and Jen and Barnes lived in East Horsley, so the three boys, four boys, one, two, three, four boys, would, could come to Effingham, they could walk to Effingham with Barnes. And, and we would come and stay, three girls, four boys. I mean, she just loved it. And your father? Is that you, Andrew? I, well, I wonder if it might My be mother. Martin. I mean, there's a lot of um, photographs to your father with the grandchildren as well. Yes, there's some sweet ones. Yes. Oh look, that's Rosie. Or is it Flissy? And you in the pram? Me in the pram. That's Ros. You being a baby. Yes. Isn't he sweet in his work clothes? Yep. And Boudin, that's extraordinary. So he was devoted in his way, very devoted oh. in his way, but more hands off. Dolph. Yes, that was the more the he sort went of to person work. he seemed to be. That's a lovely one, yeah. of him. I mean, th this was a time when he was really in demand for everything, wasn't it? You know, he was he was asked to give speeches. Mm. Um, there, there were some of his diaries um, up at, uh, at Woking. Uh, and uh, one of his, his secretary would do his monthly and his weekly schedules. And he would see all these places he was going to, to give a speech mm. or, you know, go and go to some important mm. meeting. I suppose I wouldn't know because we were living away with the kids and we yeah. were, I was always good. So it just passed, passed you by yes. as such? Yes, because Mother didn't write to me because <coughs> we were too near. Yeah, I mean at the same time from um, Effingham's point of view he was incredibly involved in the village. Right. So after the war he became the parish chairman for about ten years. Yes. And he was also trying to sort out the playing fields that he bought. Do you remember? Anything about them? George V Painfield. Yeah. Well, I remember that there was, you know, he was busy doing that. that yeah. Um, when were they acquired? Thirty-eight, just before the war. Wow. Really? And he bought them, I think, with seven other um, purchasing trustees, with the money they raised. Um, right. And then, of course, the war intervened. Yes. Um, they were they were actually uh, used for agriculture during the war, because that's what happened. Anything was mm. used for agriculture. It was available. Yes, we had to dig up our lawn. Yeah, well they had to build, you know, mm. so we didn't have playing fields that so were used for agriculture and it was only after the war that it was sorted out yeah. um, and he passed it on and he actually passed, they passed it on to the parish council which still owns them right. but they set up a charity to run them. Yes. So do you remember all that? No. But you knew he did it? Oh yes. Yeah. As you say you'd moved, moved yeah. away hadn't you? Yeah. Yes. Bringing I mean, up children. He was always doing something, so yeah. we just took it for granted. Uh, Anna and your mother as well, because she was very involved in the Women's Institute. Yes. And the baby clinic. Yeah. And what else? Red Cross still? No. No? I think they the, uh, Choral Society? Yes. In fact, everyone was involved in that, weren't they? Yes, all sang, family. Didn't they? Did you come and sing? No, I was too little. So. There's a picture of um, you and your... Oh, my God.
goodness, yes, Mary. Siblings all, all playing Mary music. Mary is pregnant as pregnant. Really? Yes, yeah, she's huge. That was Christmas, and she had the baby in on January the 3rd. Do you know, I hadn't noticed that. <laughs> Okay. Well, she had a dark, so 1950, that would have been. So, that, mm. so that, that actually dates it, doesn't it, to 1950? Yes. And uh, and did you go to the Leith Hill Music Festival? Because oh, yes. every year they would go, wouldn't they? Oh, yes, they? we all sang, the whole family. Your father as well? Oh, yes. And Vaughan Williams was then the conductor, wasn't he? Yes. And we cycled over to Leith... I don't think it was Leith Hill Place, it was some other big house where he was staying and there was a woman who had an organ I mean a pipe organ um, was her name Ruth somebody and I can remember sitting up in the gallery and I don't think daddy came but it was mother hanging on to the rails while they played sheep may safely graze as a two piano duet down in the mm. Thank so on, on his 80th birthday, yes. Effingham really did celebrate and they produced this album of Village Life, do you remember Did that? we have a garden party in at White Hill House? I think we did. And there was also a party, I think, at the Village Hall. There was. Yeah. Which he was right. invited to and they what they did was send uh, an invitation to a sherry party. And when he got there, there were about 500 people. <laughs> Oh. And they presented him with this rather strange album of village life that had been put together by all the organisations. And I think your mother had a lot to do with it, looking at it. Probably. Because she was, she was president of the WI at the time, yes. and they organised it. Um, right. And, I, and that was actually when he said, I don't know where you ever heard this, um, when it was reported in the papers, he called Effingham the best village in England. I know, you've written that. I think yeah. that's lovely. It is lovely. Did. And do you think he really felt that? Sure yes, because he, he wouldn't have lived yes, there otherwise. He wouldn't have said it. Well, no, people live in places that they don't. I mean, it's not that. really very scenic, is it? No, it's, it's not. Unless you go down over Beach Avenue and yeah. down there, it really is. But he was happy there. Yeah. And, and they had that house. There. They had that house from when it was built, didn't yes. they? Yes. Yeah. Bought it new. And, and, and he, he and she were deeply in love. Always, always, yes. always. Yes. Amazing. So, so it would be the best for you. Yes, and they were deeply involved in village life, both of them, weren't they? And Barnes married the vicar's daughter. Yes, yes indeed. <laughs> Quite promise. And so there were three of you married at the church, weren't there? Yes, Christopher was somewhere else, wasn't he? Where Barbara was. Yes, because that's more normal you get married where, where the yes. daughter comes from. Barnes and Jane, you see, both came from... Yes, exactly. So married in Epping, it was yes. a, big, a big occasion. And so at his, at his funeral, they, uh, I mean, they chose the best bit of St Lawrence graveyard for, for the, the gravestones. I mean, it, it yes. is actually the prime point, yeah. really. Yes. Uh, and it is, when you now go to the church, it is the one thing that hits no, you. No, we've painted it. The trouble was that all the beautiful bits surrounding it aren't painted. So it sort of comes out rather... So plump. the words, you never yeah. could read the words. Yeah. Elizabeth had the words painted Did. really carefully really? but because it's a rough hewn piece of uh, it's called slate, slate no it? no no lake district was it lake district i yeah. was told it was dorset at one point bilge um, <laughs> we've got a dorset oh what's that thing called not an agamemnon aconite a no, ammonite ammonite his dorset ammonite is behind there i'll show yeah. you um and he had a dorset stone for the fountain. Yeah. 
But they loved the lake. So Barnes and Mary went up to Honister, where the slate works mines had just reopened. They went there for their honeymoon. Barnes and Molly. Yes, and they went there every year for two weeks, walking every single year in June, I think. It was always earlier in the year than we went away. And so that, that was when, that was why no, it was decided used, to use the slate. They yeah. used to go after camp. September, they loved the north. Oh, maybe, maybe it was early. Probably they went twice. Twice, yeah, yeah maybe. And what, did they stay in a hotel or did yes. they camp? Yeah, the Scorfell Hotel. Hotel, Scorfell Borrowdale. Hotel. Yeah. The boarding houses. The boarding houses. Well, the problem with being so bright, he just could always see a solution to everything. everything. That wasn't, to an improvement, wasn't right. yes. yes. And so, and she was she was a widow to so many causes and, and things that he was involved in, and she was eternally supportive. But he was such fun, <laughs> and he was fun, mm. just amazing fun. Spoke Trayvon Spur. He used to make Did up it? little rhymes. Mrs. William Patrick Hartley spoke to people rather tartly. When they said you nasty jade, she said I'm only as ma I'm as marmalade, because there was Hartley's marmalade. And he just tossed it. He used to do that at meals, especially on holidays. And I remember sitting having a cream tea at Corfe Castle, and I was little, and it must have been before the war. And they put their hands on the table and they said, Hocus Pocus. Oh, and there's Poke Nose Nargle Nargle, isn't there? Yeah. Hocus Pocus, and the table rose up. I didn't know the grown ups were, we're putting doing their knees up. <laughs> So exciting. Yes. And poke nose, nargle, nargle. Poke nose, nargle, nargle. King, come, come, sir. Queen, go, go, madam. And Prince Charming, of course. Poke nose, nargle, nargle was a witch he invented and he used to tell us stories, Christopher and me, about her. She was a wicked witch. So he'd put down the times at the table while you were eating and then come up with a... Oh, he'd come up with a spoke shave any time. Um, and he took us to see the Beggar's Opera, Christopher and me. On in London, London or? Yes, in London. Yeah. Can't remember where. Was he a veggie? Was he a what? Vegetarian or veggie? Yes. And he had a piece of cheese a week instead of any meat in the war. Oh, he kept body and soul together. He was very thin, wasn't he? Uh, was he that because he, he didn't like the idea of the animals being killed or he just didn't like meat? Me. No, I just wondered if he'd ever said. Well, not to me. No, no. It's not the sort of thing he was lots older than me. I mean, he was how old when I was born? Forty-five. Yeah. Something like that. Seemed quite yeah. old. Yeah. And distant. Children should be seen and not heard, really. What? Children should be seen and not heard. In my day. And yes. in and and us. He he did. I just remember the friendliness. He wanted us to pipe down in. Uh, round the table. Well, he did read at meals. Did he? Always the newspaper. Always. So what? What sort of? He read out he read loud. The times or and just, oh, no, no, no. No, he just sat there and read. Yes, he read the Times, and then he'd look up over it. Boo! Does this boy have to sing in here? <laughs> it's not a nursery, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! <laughs> now he called her. Bui, B-U-E-Y, Bui, and Mui. Sure, Molly. And we stuck the D in. Molly, Mui, Mui. Yeah. Molly, yes. And like various other things. And what was the poik? You haven't mentioned the poik. 
I don't know about the private. Oh, it's private. It's private. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you don't want it on bill. I don't know what about it is. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> they had a special sign. And and everything is... Oh, yes. What is it on here? Everything oh, there, there is something on the is underneath. Everything that's... Side? No. No, Poik? No. Nothing. Oh, that is weird. Okay, well, apart from this, everything he carved, M. Wallace, et Sude 32. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't see that. At your years, 32. So she was 32? Yes. Oh. Malta Paul Christopher. There's only one photo I've seen with her with this. Brown hair and the, I don't know what you call those. Earphones. Yeah, earphones. I was calling them earphones. There's only one photo I've ever seen of her like that. So he carved everything and, and made everything out of wood. And even on the bunk beds there was a poik sign, yes, a little and stool. Yes, on the knees and in the drawing room. Just everything. In the oak. And what he is a poik sign? It's just well, it's, it's a pie. Two oh. legs. It was almost a pie, wasn't almost. it? It was almost, but and not it quite. Their, it, it, was and it was just private. their sign. Their sign. And it meant something and. When she died, she left to our eldest cousin, Jonathan, the meaning of poik, and he had to write to all of us um, and tell us, what, all the, us, the rest of the grandchildren, and tell us what it meant. And I can't remember now. It was a bit and sad. he was very hurt because you didn't answer him, any of you. Well, there we go. There you think, we go. You think you might have put it on the grave, the poik? They might have mine there. Yeah. Well, you'd had it. <laughs> Only cost another six hundred. <laughs> six hundred pounds.